Maledetti cuochi.
Maledetti cuochi.
ho conosciuto un certo E.P. di Salone. Mi confidò che suo nonno faceva il cuoco presso Mussolini. Mi ha detto che il nonno visse fino al 1964. Non dava segni particolari del trauma subito dalla guerra. L'unica cosa, si svegliava a volte di notte sudato chiedendosi «Cazzo, e se si accorge?» Pare che in seguito ad un'obiezione negativa sulla sua cucina, il cuoco diede al dolce una porzione di gnocchi al gorgonzola, arricchiti con un po' di sua bava. Maledetti cuochi. Maledetti cuochi. A Rimini ho conosciuto un certo E.P. di Salone. Mi confidò che suo nonno faceva il cuoco presso Mussolini. Mi ha detto che il nonno visse fino al 1964. Non dava segni particolari del trauma subito dalla guerra. L'unica cosa, si svegliava a volte di notte sudato chiedendosi «Cazzo, e se si accorge?». Pare che in seguito ad un'obiezione negativa sulla sua cucina, il cuoco diede al dolce una porzione di gnocchi al gorgonzola, arricchiti con un po' di sua bava. Maledetti cuochi. Maledetti cuochi. A Rimini ho conosciuto un certo E.P. di Salone. Mi confidò che suo nonno faceva il cuoco presso Mussolini. Mi ha detto che il nonno visse fino al 1964. Non dava segni particolari del trauma subito dalla guerra. L'unica cosa, si svegliava a volte di notte sudato chiedendosi «Cazzo, e se si accorge?». Pare che in seguito ad un'obiezione negativa sulla sua cucina, il cuoco diede al dolce una porzione di gnocchi al gorgonzola, arricchiti con un po' di sua bava. Maledetti cuochi. Maledetti cuochi. A Rimini ho conosciuto un certo E.P. di Salone. Mi confidò che suo nonno faceva il cuoco presso Mussolini. Mi ha detto che il nonno visse fino al 1964. Non dava segni particolari del trauma subito dalla guerra. L'unica cosa, si svegliava a volte di notte sudato chiedendosi «Cazzo, e se si accorge?». Pare che in seguito ad un'obiezione negativa sulla sua cucina, il cuoco diede al dolce una porzione di gnocchi al gorgonzola, arricchiti con un po' di sua bava. Maledetti cuochi.
Young Couch Potatoes. Man, Brenda sends shivers like up my spine. I'd love to date her. Young Couch Potatoes. Oh, did we need that extra pepperoni? Pass the chips, pass the chips. Young Couch Potatoes. Come on, dude. Like, let's change games. <laughs> oh, I'd love to take Brenda out. Young Couch Potatoes. Clue in. She is out. Out cycling with Bobby. Young Couch. Eat right. Be active. You'll look and feel great. Participation. Make your move. Potatoes. And you're listening to CITR FM 102, Cable 102, Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada. Thank <laughs> you. 
This is Purple Crow on CITR 101.9 FM. plays every hour on the hour as part of our flagship station ID. If you do recognize this song, chances are less than 1 in 12 that you have donated to CITR. That means 11 out of 12 of our regular listeners are getting our content for free. So naturally, we called local businesses to see if we could get that kind of a deal. Here's how things went when we called Duffin's Donuts. Hello, Duffin's Donuts. Hi, um, I was wondering if I can get 12 pupusas, but just pay for one of them. Like, do we, do if, we owe you? Oh, you cinnamon roll? N- no, you, you don't owe me. Just, I was just seeing if, like, that was a deal I could make. Really? Yes. Okay. Maybe in 20 years? In 20 years? Yeah. Is that okay? Okay. Um, I was hoping for it now, years? though, but... No, 20 years later. 20 I, years. I think, yeah. Okay. Thank you. Okay. I'll, tr- I'll try in 20 years. You can show your support right now on your mobile device or computer by heading to citr.ca slash donate or in person and over the phone during our annual fundraising week, February 28th to March 7th. Donate to keep CITR weird. Hello, hello, hello. We are back. This is Word on the Street on CITR 101.9 FM. We are listening uh, to CITR right here on the unseen territory of the Musqueam people. This is right after Nordwine, the human servants show. And to start off today, we got a couple tracks from uh, a friend of the show, Stone Cold Finger. Just an explicit warning on both of these. Uh, first, we got Wishes, and then we got 26 Live. And this is off of his new album, uh, Street Spirit Fadeaway. Enjoy. Sweep it up like witch. I was with my bitch and she said she liked my twist. Baby, take a picture, cause I'm about to ditch. Niggas smoking swishes, 
fuck a silver spoon. I just got these platinum dishes, wishes. Uh, Rest in peace to civic yep. Stuck up in my thoughts uh, Pushing through my vision uh, Nigga on the block wow. Dreams is getting vivid wow. Mama said I'm lost When lost. that 50 turned to million I should do for the cause uh, Young stone uh, cold Got his toy right up the sock uh, Take it out and pop nah. Flip it out and drop it uh, Change your auto shop Ooh. Story never end I don't really need the plot nah. Sweep it up like witch uh, I was with my bitch And she said she liked my twist uh, Baby take a picture Cause I'm about to dig uh, Nigga smoking swish. Yeah. Fuck a silver spoon. I just got these platinum dishes. Wishes. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Skull down a stone. I was trying to grow. Trying to get some more. Blessings all I know. Diamonds dancing on the flow. Water watch a pole. I discover when I glow. Said the kid just turned to ghost. Still be screaming, fuck the Pope. I ain't seeing him no more. Cause he be doing the most. Boy, I sent it to the stars. If his hand you trying to throw. Yeah, I'm going pretty far. Got a long ass way to go. Sweep it up like witch. I was with my bitch and she said she liked my twist. Baby, take a picture. Cause I'm about to ditch. Nigga smoking swishes. Fuck a silver spoon. I just got these platforms. Them dishes, wishes. Twenty six lives. Black Cobain, feel no, feel no, feel no pain. Just a cold rain, never had a nosebleed. Now you know things falling off the proceeds. Watch me go, beast. Watch me go, beast. XXYZ, South, Northwest, East. Take a day trip, turn to vacate. Hi, we're back. Uh, you're listening to Word on the Street. You just heard a couple songs uh, by a friend of mine, Stone Cold Finger. You heard Wishes, and then you heard 26 Live. Uh, and today, we're going to talk about a few things. Uh, first, we're going to start off with a talk we've been uh, through a few times, but we got some new members and some new voices, and we want to talk about art versus artists. So I'm going to kick it off with something that happened about 24 years ago yesterday. Uh, Tupac, uh, a lot of people love Tupac, but a lot of people don't talk about some of the controversy that he was involved in. So about 24 years ago today, he was sentenced for sexual assault of a fan. And I just read uh, an article by the New York Times about this and how when he was in court and he was on trial, he was very forgiving, even though he never said, I did it. He always said, oh, I didn't do it. And they've done interviews with the victim 20 years later and all this stuff. But as you know, after this, after 1994, he was still big. Uh, sorry, 95, uh, until he was killed about a year later. And I just want to talk about a bit, where's the line? Is there a line with separating art versus artist? Can you separate art versus artist at all? Uh, when is it too far? When doesn't it matter? So does anyone want to talk about their thoughts about this? <laughs> <laughs> It's so risky taking the first. I mean, first step just go it. for it. Anything, yeah. anyone. Uh, yeah. So I think like, uh, for me, art is once an art artist has produced something, it's sort of out there. It's sort of out there for anyone to experience, um, and it's hard to, uh, for me, like keep it together. And like, it comes from. Like, one perspective of, like, what an artist intended his art to be or her art to be I don't think is important. And uh, and an artist's affiliation with their music I don't think is important. Like, I think once it's out there, uh, it's for you to enjoy. That being said, if someone's going to benefit commercially uh, from you supporting their music and you don't think they're a good person, I can definitely see trying to step away from that. Like, 
yesterday I was listening to some old music to, we're going to talk about Guilty Pleasure songs later, uh, sort of think about that, and I listened to some Chris Brown songs, and I was like, man, should I really be listening to this on Spotify if he's getting, and yeah, I'm getting sh- shakes, shakes <laughs> of heads in the background here, so like, it's, um, yeah, so it's very difficult for me to like, sort of, like, have those two things, like, sort of be weighing on an artist, and mm-hmm. wh- whether it's like, whether their art is distinct from them, but also like, still be supporting them can be a bad thing if they're not a good person. (laughs) On the, on the similar notes, uh, I think like for me, it's kind of interesting. We've already had these discussions, but even since then I still haven't, like, it's hard to come up with like a final answer internally to like, what's the right thing to do? Because I think it's easier to like, quote unquote, cancel artists who I don't care about, like Chris Brown, for example, (laughs) like much bigger say Frank Ocean fan. So like, straight up of course like totally disregard Chris Brown for the rest of my life easily but if for example like somebody I cared more for example like when the Aziz Ansari uh, mm, article was yeah. posted like I just finished yeah. watching like Master of None like recently and I really liked the show so yeah. it's a lot more like personally like morally challenging and like even I guess somewhat emotionally because then it's like it's less of like an external like rational like this is what X person did and this is like what my outcome or my actions can have on it um, because like you've now like connected to this art. So I, like, and in that sense, it's like, okay, I'd like to think that I can separate the art and the artist, but I don't know if I can still like allow myself to, if as like we pointed out, like they could still be benefiting from it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it, it definitely is a lot. I like that point you brought up about the whole Aziz Ansari situation is like, crossing the line but drawing the line between art versus artists has a lot to do with like your personal experience with that art and like how much of connection you have with that art like you were saying you can just disregard chris brown uh because a lot of like for me personally a lot of the party songs i know from chris brown are just those like those hot singles those party songs that i don't listen to (laughs) right but when you said aziz anzari and you watch master of none it's Mm. such a like emotional investing and like personal show that like you really get invested in like his character and then like I was just like you I finished it and then like two weeks later it was like Master of None season three probably won't happen and it ended on a cliffhanger Mm -hmm. and so there's that little part of you where it's like I kind of wanted more like Like, yeah and slightly on that note though like because also in that show like they have an episode talking about how like women feel yeah. You're like more vulnerable for the threat of sexual assault. That's and then they how have it ends. Whole, That's how the show yeah, ends. Exactly. It's on a huge and, controversy yeah, right. and of sexual whole, like, assault. Chef, like, Spoiler timeline. alert, sorry. <laughs> yeah, yeah the whole chef timeline and sexual assault of like celebrities like tied into that. So then, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, it's just, I guess you leave kind of feeling disappointed and jaded, I guess, as just like an average person. I think it also has to do with like where that artist is in terms of like their success and like you're talking about like the collection of Chris Brown's music right you just remember him for his singles and like you talk about like Michael Jackson or like anyone else like that who's like defined centuries of music um uh decades not centuries right <laughs> yeah, yeah. decades decades de- decades of music centuries to come. <laughs> decades of music and so like his following is just so much like greater and larger that it's almost like his popularity is the reason why he can surpass all the controversy that surrounds his artist versus art art versus artist and then also like you talk about skill and like and like for me it's dividing up the skill and like it's the music they make is something and then themselves is something and if you enjoy the music i mean everyone's kind of got faults that they're working through. If you, like, view them as a human, all artists are, like, in one sense, human working through something, all trying to be, like, better, and you just can kind of hope they'd be better. Mm-hmm. It's interesting because sometimes it actually benefits the artists. I was also reading about uh, Snoop Dogg because he was on trial for murder in the 90s, and that was right about the time when Doggy Style was released, and because of the trial, it went five times platinum super fast, and... Uh, he was acquitted and he was not guilty, but sometimes it can be beneficial. Like, do you think there is such thing as bad publicity? What, what do you guys think about that? Uh, there's definitely like bad publicity in the terms of like it can, like the whole news about like uh, like all press is good press type of deal. Uh, to a sense, when it comes to sales, that's true. Uh, but I think in the last like two years, we've like seen a lot with the Me Too movement about like how bad press is like reputation ruining like it can destroy careers so it's interesting to see like what artists over like the past 50 60 75 years that have had scandals and that have been brushed away and ignored due to like uh 
the achievements they've done and which artists have not been ignored anymore. And a lot of reputations have been ruined and a lot of reputations haven't been and have been overlooked, right? Uh, Well, like, a lot of people, a lot of artists are not even necessarily in the entertainment industry. Like, for example, like, Marilyn Manson, he made music and he made art and no one really, like, his kind of, his crimes kind of, like, gave exposure to like his artwork and then like I, I think it's be, still like being on sale and stuff like his artwork and then his music and stuff but it's not I don't think it's him profiting off of it but like with that in mind it's also like is is it ethical to kind of profit off of someone that horrible like even if they did make good art I mean no not Marilyn Manson um Charles Manson Oh, Sorry, not Marilyn Manson. Okay. Charles Manson. Charles Manson. Like Charles Marilyn Manson. Manson's a good dude. Sorry, not Marilyn Manson. <laughs> Charles Manson. Yeah, yeah. I was, I was Charles, confused. Charles Manson. Minute. It's all good. It's all good. <laughs> Well, you bring up like Marilyn Manson. Well, no, it's it's a good thing you bring that up, like Marilyn Marilyn Manson, because that was a whole topic. Uh, If anybody saw Michael Moore's documentary Bowling for Columbine, they actually tackle that and how like the modern media tried to blame the Columbine shootings on Marilyn Manson, Uh, Mm. and that's a different aspect, a different angle to come at separating art from artist. Uh, And if you watch that documentary, it's interesting because a lot of the spokes uh, people of the the NRA uh, and uh, like anti all all those news organizations that blame Marilyn Manson, their arguments were a lot like less educated than Marilyn Manson's, and I think his argument was like he wouldn't have said anything to the boys; he would have just listened because that was something no one did, and that's why those shootings happened. Just kind of like on a related note, like I think that's like such a relevant issue now too, in terms of like how kids are exposed to or like we are exposed to like technology and everything. I was just reading it's like, but that's like present before. I was reading that apparently in the '90s, Mortal Kombat was cited in like Senate documentations mm-hmm. for like violence towards kids and like bullying, and like that was a thing that led towards bullying. So it's kind of crazy how like at the same time we're ahead, but also very slow at addressing these issues, and they've yeah. been here for a while. And it's interesting, I think you were talking about how the artists, like the old artists might have gotten off different than new artists. And I think at the same time, that's true. But also looking at how the old artists have also been the ones who seem to have grown past that. And when you think about like current artists who had maybe their time and fame back in the 90s or early 2000s, it seems like they've grown past all that and have been able to address the controversy in a much more progressive way that's like seems almost uplifting and hopeful towards the future than modern artists. Yeah, I, I would say uh, as much as I resent his music now, when I first started listening to rap, I was a huge Eminem fan, and he does have some songs that pinpoint that really well that, okay, just because I say it doesn't mean I did it, doesn't mean that it's true, also doesn't mean that you should do it. Uh, I mean, like, Stan is, like, the Mm -hmm. quintessential example of, like, don't take everything I say so seriously. Like, you don't want to become a Stan. Like, you don't want to be that obsessed with someone and what they say in in their songs, because it's not all true. A lot of Music is about storytelling, about exaggerating. and I think another aspect of the art versus artist uh, issue is like music and how it influences culture. Uh, we're talking about Marilyn Manson and how people were blaming his music for the Columbine shootings in a similar way that a lot of maybe more right-wing as well as left-wing uh, media would present gangster rap as uh, being a motivating force behind you know, people selling drugs and high crime rates. Um, whereas artists who were exposed to those kind of situations would say, no, it's more a reflection of the society mm-hmm. that we live in. Um, don't really have anywhere. I just like think that's a, they're connected to each other. It's like, does the, what the artist talks about really reflect who they are as, uh, in the same way that, uh, music influences the culture surrounding the music? Yeah. yeah uh, just like uh, kind of that last point from me uh, anyone else want to hop in they definitely can but for like personally I know I've kind of been kind of hogging the mic today uh, but personally uh, you're uh, one you mentioned earlier about where like to personally draw the line mine is like if I feel guilty listening to the music and not just like a, a guilty pleasure which we'll get into later on in the show where it's like oh haha everyone hates this artist but I love <laughs> them uh, but no like actually like thinking about what they did and if you feel guilty watching it or not uh, or listening to it or not like I know a lot of uh, a lot of people love him but for me like Michael Jackson uh, I hear a lot of his songs and I know what he did for music but I just can't help thinking about all those accusations against him mm. in like the 90s about the Neverland Ranch uh, incidents. 
which were not good. Yeah, also kind of someone like along the same line, someone like um, John Lennon, he's been like, he's kind of known now as like a really horrible person. But I think, I don't know, it's kind of like interesting that you bring up how like, do I feel guilty listening to this person? Because on one hand, it's like he's dead, so he's not directly profiting off of like me streaming his music or anything, but listening to some of his stuff, like um, Run For Your Life, the opening line is literally like, if, if you cheat on me, I'm going to kill you, little girl. But so it's kind of like, I know he's not going to directly profit off of that, but it still kind of makes me feel uncomfortable. So where do we, it's like, where where is it kind of like, okay, is it ethical to listen to that kind of stuff, even though, you're, even though you know they're not going to profit off of that? I think this is, discussion is pretty similar to um, the discussion we had two weeks ago, I think, about uh, religion and music. Because once again, if you like, for instance, if you don't, um, how should I say it, if you're not keen on, for instance, Muslim culture or the Muslim religion, you still can listen to the artist who's mentioning, I don't know, Muhammad the Prophet and every other thing about the um, Muslim um, religion. But you can decide to just forget about it and listen to the artist and forget about everything he did. And this is a huge problem because, as Gabe said, when you look at the um, the Michael Jackson accident or the whole tragedy, it is a difficult thing to forget about. But people do forget it. Yeah. So how do you reconcile with Michael Jackson? I guess this is a question for the room. Uh, like knowing that he did very bad things later in life with his early music like would you like not listen to the jackson five because of what he's done or like how do you like do you feel like that it's fair to conflate those two or is it like or should those be considered distinct mm. that's a good point <laughs> i think that michael jackson has like such an i don't know how to say it, problematic story because he's been in the business since he was I don't know, five, I guess. Around there. Something yeah. like that. And he never got to experience his childhood. And he wanted to do that with Nether uh, Netherlands. Netherlands. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Dutch people. <laughs> <laughs> I think there's also um, a lot of uncertainty around Michael Jackson specifically um, with the details of what he did or what he may not have did. And that doubt um, that has can, can be cast into your judgment of Michael Jackson means people can listen to the music and be like, I don't think he did this because he was never uh, indicted or, or he was never actually found guilty of doing anything wrong. And so maybe he didn't do it and I can just enjoy his music. Whereas if he were found without a doubt to have done it, maybe public perception would be different. Just an idea. I think there's a few things I want to put out there uh, to maybe just think a bit deeper about this. Uh, I, I got some of these points from one of Fantano's videos, but I think these points aren't usually just said with art versus artist because lots of time is very one side or the other so uh first art isn't necessarily tied to one's morals uh consuming art isn't condoning an artist's actions and we can admit that someone's art is good because they're a bad person uh and lastly negative actions don't invalidate someone's art so what do you guys think of that because i mean when i listen to the beatles i'm not like oh man john lennon oh this is so bad now i hate the beatles i can't listen to this anymore because i know what he did what do you guys think about that? Um, well, I think you can acknowledge that someone's pers person or their lyrics are not good ethically or morally or whatever, but you can also acknowledge the other parts of, like, the other elements that go into producing that artwork because it's not just the lyrics. Like, there's also, like, the the band or the production, et cetera. So I think... You, it's like it might be okay to like acknowledge that that part is good, but you can also acknowledge at the same time that they're not that great of a person. Mm -hmm. Yeah, adding on to that, that's something I wanted to say from the beginning was that like it's important just to not stay necessarily ignorant to someone's actions or just blatantly ignore an artist's actions if they are problematic. Um, that being said, I don't think it's totally valid to just say that you can like just to denounce all of their art because like it could still be good even if they're a bad person or if they've done questionable things. I think it's important to recognize their actions and st say that they're wrong and maybe advocate against those and advocate against like advocate for groups that they've either like been doing like act like bad actions against and just kind of like make people aware of it even if you're not totally boycotting them. 
Um, another point I wanted to make was that I think it's there's such like a big difference between like big established artists and smaller artists. So if a big artist, say like Michael Jackson, if you stop st- or Chris Brown or Kanye or any big artist that you want to boycott, if you stop streaming them and you and your friends stop streaming them, it doesn't really make a big impact at all. You can just like go off, but you're still kind of contained in a bubble. You're not really making an impact versus if someone in your local community or like someone in a band um say like is accused of sexual assault or is displaying like really bad just doing really bad things i think speaking out against that has a way bigger impact so like just like community scales right like there's a difference Mm -hmm. i wonder sort of if the community scale is important though just from like an ethical perspective like just because you know that you won't have as big of an impact if you stop listening to someone does that mean that you shouldn't like it's like a it's it's sort of an issue of like it's like voting when you know your vote's not going to count like do you still go out and vote or do you just like go oh yeah it's no big deal it doesn't really matter who I vote for it's do like a throwaway or something that's just be funny like it's it's difficult for me like to just like like I, I don't know and like part of it for me is to like some of the artists that I listen to especially the artists that I listen to a lot like I sort of try to like I sort of fall in love with the artist as much as their music. And so if I'm listening to an album on repeat, like I sort of like fall in love with like the persona of the artist that they've sort of put out there. And so it would be really hard for me to f- to do that with an artist that I know is an awful person. Um whereas like if I but like I I also don't know if like the merits of an artist like just as a person should be like why you listen to it like if someone is just like a very good person and they give a lot of money to charity and they do a lot of good work should you listen to their music because of that like i don't know just things to think about i think that's a good point about like you kind of fall in love with the artist because um for me and then connecting to like uh isn't can an artist be good because they're a bad person like i feel like sometimes i'm I like listening to someone because I hear like the pain and struggle and the, like the things that they hate in life in their music. Um, just like coming from example, uh, my the most my most recent person and I know this, this is always on my mind is I've listened to this artist called Zero uh, Seven Zero Shake and something about her voice is just like so painful and like like anguished that like I kind of love it listening to it and it's like it's just really it's really like nice listening to it because it's like wow she's like going through a lot of suffering and like at the same time like is that fair for me to listen to that but it's interesting seeing how like their pain or like whether they're doing bad things or they're talking about bad things makes me like feel like there's other people in life who are going through similar struggles and like despite this is what they're saying in their music or this is what they're doing in real life like the fact that they have different things going on in their life makes me feel more heard somehow and that's kind of interesting I think that's powerful too I think I'd say (laughs) sorry the (laughs) mic just uh flopped on me um but like in response to that like i can understand that feeling of connection but like if we're talking about people that are accused of say like or have been you know guilty of things like sexual assault like as a listener i mean i don't know are you trying to connect with feeling like like with i don't want to take a big hot take and like attack you on this but like i like i see what you're saying like that's totally valid i think but like i think it's separate from like the issues that we've generally been addressing yeah i think there's a difference between doing something because you actually need to do it to survive and doing something because you you had an option in it. Like doing something to survive and doing something that's like you, like, you mean like your identity, yeah. right? Like you connect to somebody because like that's their identity. Like they're a person of like yeah. whatever community that you are also but like versus like they did certain actions that Yeah. Like, I mean I think you could admit that there are lots of bad things that someone might need to do just to get by if you're in a very poor situation or you're in a situation where you have to struggle that much just to make it, but there's also people who are in a situation where they don't need to do any bad things at all. It doesn't affect their well-being. It's just going to make someone else's well-being worse. Yeah. That's, that's a good point. I wasn't really thinking about that, but yeah, that's definitely true. Uh, I think also with what you were talking about, that with hip-hop especially, I don't just speak for myself. When I say this, I think... For a lot of us, the reason why we like hip-hop is because of the storytelling and because struggle is pretty essential to hip-hop. Like, if you look at the grassroots, it's not as common today because you have artists like Travis Scott or Gambino. Like, they were rich before they got famous. But if you look at someone like Grandmaster Flash or Tupac or someone from Wu-Tang or Biggie, they all start from a very poor background. 
like socioeconomically, but also just needing to hustle and maybe needing to do some bad things just to get to the point where they're still surviving. So I think I think we have to highlight that too. I think it's a tough question, yeah, as a hip hop fan, especially when like coming from like privileged backgrounds and not at all knowing what that life's like. At the same time, like glorifying that because you like listen to their music and you, like you don't have like an authentic connection in any way whatsoever. And like that's true now that like rap's like the number one genre, most of the world. Uh, North America, at for least sure. North America for sure, right? Like most of us don't really connect with it. But at the same time, yeah, I think it's an interesting, I don't know, dichotomy. I guess that's like problematic in many ways, but it's hard to. Um, have you? Do you guys know the Immortal Technique? Yeah. Um, he's got a song called Dance with the Devil. Yeah. That um, was horrifying. Right. But, yeah. like, so what What are your thoughts, like, when you listen to that? Like, is that... I don't listen to that. No. <laughs> Have, but you've listened, like... Uh, uh, I heard it a couple times, but I didn't want to go back to it. Right. That was too much, for, almost. For people who don't know, like, can you give a, can you give a debriefing? Yeah. What, what is it? Uh, <laughs> I don't know what this it's is. It's very... It's a graphic ahead. story that is involves a lot of violence and sexual abuse and traumatizing thi- it's uh it's a really i don't feel comfortable talking about it because it's it's like listening to the song is like you have to be in the right state of mind but it's like a 12 minute song that is uh has to do with sexual abuse violence and uh some other some other some other really things. intense yeah. material yeah, yeah. It's, it's a gang initiation and yeah the yeah. guy does some bad stuff yeah I think we could use a less extreme example. Yeah, sorry, uh, that's, that's just... What, no, but it's it's important to bring up, though, that there are songs like that, there is music like that, where it's difficult to listen to because it's so... I don't know, like, when you're telling that story about just, like, how hard times got to go through uh, and then eventually, like, make it to the top, I just went straight to thinking about Duckworth, the last song on Damn, uh, Kendrick's mm. latest album. Uh, if you haven't heard the song, basically... It's two sides of the story. One is about the rise uh, of a gangster in Compton, and the other is about a uh, cashier at a Kentucky Fried Chicken. And uh, the climax of the story is when the gangster uh, is uh, Anthony. Uh, Anthony is the gangster, and Ducky is the cashier. When Anthony comes in and robs the store, he has the opportunity to kill Ducky. Uh, but because Ducky has been giving him free chicken, he doesn't. Mm-hmm. And then later on, Anthony turns into Top Dog, and Ducky is Kendrick's father. And the last line yeah. is like, if Anthony killed Ducky, Top Dog would be serving life while I grew up with 